Hello and welcome to the Duchess and the Baron. Um, you might be asking why we have the succession theme song as our uh, intro. Uh, well, mainly uh, we, we don't make money off the podcast, so we don't have to pay for, for the, the song, so we can get really creative with some great tunes. Um, but our episode is going to be very much tied into um, the storyline of Succession, that the show itself called Succession is very similar to. There are many similarities with the royal family, uh, a business, an institution, and this episode is called The Institution, part one. <laughs> um, so that's why we have it. And you might have actually heard a, a little bit of an Easter egg at the end of last week's episode where we played uh, a short snippet which seemed like it might have been a mistake, but oh no, it was an Easter egg. So, uh, and finally, uh, the the last episode of Succession. If you haven't seen it, uh, watch the series. Power through the first two episodes um, aired on last Sunday, so uh, it's a show that you can watch all the way through four seasons. So, anyway, lots to unpack there. Um, welcome back to the show. It is episode twenty one, I think. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Um, if you're new to the show, um, we are a married couple, the Duchess and the Baron. Uh, we do this as part of our date night where we get to drink some wine, eat some podcast pastries. Um, and, and talk about the royals. Talk about the royal family. So the Duchess is uh, American and is an avid fan and follower of the royal family. And I am British. That's all you got. <laughs> yep. That's my link. He gets to provide his British insight on the royals. Yeah. What we talk about. So um, you can follow us, um, subscribe on Spotify. And we're also on Apple Music, I believe. We're all, we're on all the. We're omnipresent. Is that what you're saying? Podcast on the, I think, main podcast streaming services. Yeah. Um, we also have a Substack and Instagram where we're Dutch and Baron, D-U-C-H. And we post there. Pretty regularly about the royals, um, I think more. Daily? Eh, yeah, we do history, but as well as, you know, what they're doing during the week, probably more in-depth information there than sometimes we do on the podcast, at least for just the events that are going on, because we have limited time on here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, should we just get right into it? Yeah, so as we said, we'll, we'll do the usual. Again, if it's your first time listening, we do... Um, the, the royal news of the oh, sorry royals out and about, yep. um, which is a, a quick overview of, of what the royals have been up to. Then we do our royal day in history, yep. um, which is this day that we're recording what was happening within the royal family, like a famous point. Um, and sometimes we do trivia, um, where the, the the Duchess will prepare some questions on, on the topics that we're talking about. And then we have one main topic, which is usually around about the, the 45 minute mark. Um, each episode and this one as i said is on the institution which um became a little bit more popular within the public or or term um because of the oprah winfrey interview uh, interview and um, netflix show and, and the and netflix show with yeah. uh, megan and harry so we're actually going to talk about the institution what and is the firm, it the um, power the influence i guess exactly how it who, who is the in the institution yes. um which is almost seen like kind of ghostly figures. So that's the, that's going to be the main topic, and we are going to do it um, in two parts. The first part that we'll be talking about um, in the, the second part of this episode is the history of it and a, a kind of an, an intro to the institution. 
Part two is going to be about the, the current institution and the two houses um, that make up, the, I guess, different arms or wings what of it. What there is now, yes. And which the and what, what are those Buckingham two parts? Palace, Kensington Palace. We might even talk about the late Queen's team as well and Prince no. Philip and maybe even Meghan and Harry. So, so the two have... the two palaces, a tale of two palaces. There we go. Well, that would be a bloody good book. Well, that could be our next podcast title. Or I'll just write it on AI. Or there you go. Jeez, I reckon I could sell that. Yeah, you should try. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, so let's get started. So we'll start off our Royal Day in History. Um, so usually we do it on the day that we record, but sometimes it's really good. It'll be around the day we record. So it's we're we're recording Wednesday, May thirty first, but our Royal Day in History is going to be two days ahead on June second, and um, because this is a very, I don't know, I'm excited about this Royal Day in History. Um, but so on June second, nineteen fifty three, Baron, can you guess what happened? Coronation of. Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. Points. Yes. Good snaps for Baron. (laughs) Hey, I don't usually get it that quick. That's pretty good. I mean, 1953, there's not, yeah. Um, But yes, so it was Queen Elizabeth II's coronation on June 2nd, 1953 at Westminster Abbey. So if you've been following the royals, King Charles just had his at the beginning of May. So, so, so. A little bit over 70 years ago was Queen Elizabeth. Um, And then that also kind of ties in. So she actually ascended the throne on February 6, 1952. So that's when her father, King George VI, died following a prolonged illness. And that's when she ascended the throne. But she didn't have her coronation until over a year later. Um, And it was pretty normal to kind of wait to have the coronation, just to have that appropriate grieving time and everything and planning and planning um but i mean with charles the queen passed away in september and he had his in may so not as long but i mean but wasn't that something political as well because i remember from the crown it was something to do with winston i think well in the crown and Again, if this is your first time listening, we know the crown is is not all true, but um, but I like to believe it is. But I think well, what I thought Winston was just kind of following tradition of. It was to do with well, um, his his, com- his own election. Yep, exactly. So that was it. Why they were kind of pushing it back, which mm-hmm. I think is true. I don't think this, uh, dates and stuff like that. You can it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. So, and then last year, so June. So, how many eight? Uh, eight se- seventy years. Seventy years since um, nineteen fifty-three. So, seventy years on Friday since her coronation. But yesterday, if you remember, she did have her platinum jubilee, which is marking seventy years because she ascended the throne the year before. Got technically you. correct. Got you. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah. So the celebration actually started on June second. 2022 um obviously there was i think i think it technically started like february 6th into june but i think the celebration so the the trooping of the color and the parade and everything like that was at the beginning of june of last year 
So that's crazy to think. I feel like so much has happened to think just a year ago she was here with us celebrating her Platinum Jubilee. And she was the first, she's been the first monarch to, to celebrate that 70-year mark. So, so yeah, so that's our Royal Dan history. And I think we might do a little reel about it on Friday. Yeah, bloody good one. Um, yeah. I wonder what percentage of the British population um, have seen both televised. Now, I know obviously a lot of them are still alive, but mm-hmm. actually have seen both. Because also, if you think about it, if it's, it's 70 years, so even if you're 70 years old, you didn't see the first one. Mm-hmm. You'd have mm-hmm. to be in five, mm-hmm. six, realistically, to remember it. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the population, is really anybody with a good memory yeah. would be 80. Well, I think, um, you know, at one of the uh, Coronation Garden parties, I think the one that the Prince and Princess of Wales hosted, um, I think it was that one. Maybe it was a different garden party. Um, I can't remember. But um, they... Uh, the, the man there actually had seen, I think, the last three coronations. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How how long was, when was, when I guess it was her father's. Yep, George VI. Let me see his coronation. So date. he got a coronation after. 1937. So was it David? Yeah. That had, had King George VI. But prior, his brother was. Oh, yes. Was, the, it, David, um, Edward was it Edward or David? Um, I, I I know he changed his name, and we should know this. Um, I will find out. Okay, so he said 30, 1937. Edward the Eighth. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So nineteen thirty-seven. But he was Albert. Bertie. Well, oh, no, 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 that's no, George no, was no, Bertie. George, George was Albert. Yes. So nineteen thirty-seven. 1952. 53. Sorry, 53. And then 2023. So that person, I wonder if they were live. Uh, sorry, not of course they were live for it, whether they m- remembered it. Mm-hmm. Because you're 90. What would that be? So, yeah. We don't have to get into the, the math now. They'd, they'd have to be, yeah, you, you realistically, yeah. you're 10, yeah. right? So you're born in 1927, so you're coming up to 100. Mm-hmm. So 96-ish, mm-hmm. that person would have had to be to, I, remember, I mean, that was, it It wouldn't have been televised in 37, I don't imagine. I don't think so. It would have been on the no. wireless. <laughs> yes. But still, incredible. Yeah, yeah, so... um yeah, and good. snaps to the researchers at the, the the royal family's business institution to to find the <laughs> individual. To find them, yes, um, yeah, he was there uh, at the garden party. But yes, yeah, so that is our royal day in history. Um, so next, we will get into our royal events. Um, previously, we've said this, but if this is your first time listening, we will not be going over every single event that the royals do. They go. They do a lot in the week. Um, we used to, and we just basically ran out of time. Um, yeah, the episodes were longer than Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, so we do we do a select one. We, we do try and cover as much as we can, but again, we can't cover all of it. Um, so first, I'm going to go over Princess of Wales. So this week, um, the kids, uh, the Wales kids, so George, Charlotte, and Louis are actually on break 
seems like the UK is always on break. Um, so we probably will not see the Prince and Princess. We have not and probably will not see them this week. Um, and they'll probably come back next week because they usually do understandably take off time when their kids are on break. Um, but the UK, again, does have a lot of breaks, I would just like to say. Do you not have um, half-term breaks in the US? So we have, I mean, we're technically on summer break now. <laughs> so I guess I can't say much. But we, we get like a fall break and a, and a spring break. And the winter break. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just seems like I, I hear... Um, well, you have half terms, right? You have a week off at half term in the UK. Yes. So that's that's when they have their breaks. Do, yeah. do you not have a school half term? No, we don't really refer to anything as half term. But so when you... Do, how long do you get for summer? It used to be three months, but now it's probably about six weeks. It, it does also depend on where you live in the country. But like when I was younger younger like elementary school it was like three months and then when I was more middle school high school so teenage years it was more like six weeks but when it got decreased to like six to eight weeks I'd say then you get two weeks off for a fall break two weeks off for a winter break and then two weeks off for a spring break and then you 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 get holidays in between there but those are your big breaks that you get yeah so you see your just get the same, if not more. Yeah. I don't well, know why you're moaning. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, I don't know. Like, we, we had a holiday on Monday. UK had a holiday, too. I was like, dang, we don't get near. we definitely don't get nearly as many holidays as the UK does. Well, whilst you're talking, I, that, I might do some sure. research. Okay, sorry. Back to um, the Princess of Wales. So, again, we're probably not going to see them this week because um, they're probably taking time off with their kids. As they need to, um, and is healthy. But um, so the Princess of Wales on Thursday, she visited the Foundling Museum as well as the King's King Kinship Charity, and she went there to both highlight the importance of nurturing relationships in early childhood. So again, this is part of her shaping up camp, shaping us campaign. Um, but one thing I would like to note: um, so specifically, the Kinship Charity. So, Baron, do you know anything about the kinship charity? Um, I'm guessing not. No, I know what kin means. So, um, a big part of their mission is uh, basically around experiences of raising a child of a relative or friend after they can no longer live with their parents. So, they do like to highlight, um, as probably many know, when if a parent if the parents are unable to take care of their child you know grandparents can step in siblings or you know godparents or things like that other figure important figures in a child's life um can step in so so they kind of highlight how important those relationships are and when they have to do kind of step up and raise those children when the parents can't um but who was there was Professor Green. And two weeks ago, we were talking about the Made in Chelsea connections, right? Specifically Millie with Meghan Markle. And Professor Green is Millie's Mm ex-husband. So he's there in the photos. He speaks to the Princess of Wales specifically about his experience. His grandmother stepped in and I think had a really big part in raising him. And he has a very strong relationship with her. Um, so he shares his experiences and how important that was. 
Um, so that was really uh, nice yeah, to really... see with a great message, but also kind of tying back to our little Made in Chelsea connections that we were making a couple of weeks ago. It's incredible that he became a professor. Do you know what he studied in? Oh, what he's... Rap, rap, rap. Rap, 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 rap. <laughs> do, you, do you think anybody can just put professor in front of the name? Yeah, probably. Well, you Who's going to say no? Uh, professor Baron. <laughs> okay. If that's what you want. Dr. Baron, PhD. Sure. I don't uh, think you're a rapper, but. You don't have to be. I'll be an astrologist. Um, so there we go. But um, sorry, yeah, isn't that, that that's cool? I, I think that's so, really important. So yeah, so you know, as Millie kind of said in her podcast previously, that she never met, or at least at the time, uh, she never met Harry or any of them. Um, but we know her husband has a relationship there, and then X, now her ex. Oh, oh, I, well, oh Hugo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now her ex-husband has met Millie, or not Millie. Uh, Princess Catherine. Steve. Princess was of it, Wales. What's his name? Steve? I have no Steven. idea. I just know him as Professor Green. Yeah. Because that's how I listen to his music. I've actually never listened to his music. He's really tall. Please like, let us know if, it, if, if it's he's not, good. It's, it's not my... He was probably big 10 years ago. Um, when she first married him? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really care for it. It's, it's that London rap, so it's got a particular sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about London rap or just British rap. It's more like kind of Cockney rap, so it's not like. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I did want to talk to you. Guess how many um, UK uh, bank holidays there are? Thirty. In the year. Twenty-five. Eight. <laughs> Maybe it just seems like a lot. Guess, more. guess how many federal bank holidays there are. Eight. Twelve. There wait, are more I, in the wait. US. So this isn't, these are federal. Uh-huh. So if you work for a, a, fed, a federal. But that's not the same every year. So like this year, and maybe, maybe maybe I'm just talking about more recent, you know, um, whisperings. They're not whisperings, but recent. But, you know, like the coronation, they got a three-day oh, weekend. Course. We don't get a three-day weekend when we get a new president, should we? The federal yes. does. The, f- the, the Fed does. Well, we if don't. You work for the Federation. We uh, don't. We don't even get the day off for like election day. I was going to say, if you work for the Federation, it's not like a starship Federation. If you work for the federal government, you would. Yeah. Well. So that that's that's a, that's the piece. So I think. But everyone gets it off in the UK. Coronation, like the Monday after coronation. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone but it happens once it. every seventy years. Yeah. Well, we don't get anything off once every seventy years. Do you not think? Do you not think there might be something that comes up? I don't know. I I can't think of anything. Um, Can you think of anything? I d- not not without making a <laughs> terrible joke, and I can't think of my feet. I I don't know. Um, no, I was just giving you a hard time. It's you were giving <laughs> the British population a hard time. I think we do pretty well. Like I think with the the UK, we we taught. Excuse me. Mike dropped. Um, not on a good sentence. If I think with we we talked about this uh, during the week. I think with the UK bank holidays, it seems there's a lot because I think they happen. Do they all happen around the same time yeah, of year? Yeah. I think it's spring, summer. Like we we don't have nowhere near as many as 
And I think that's, that's the opposite uh, in the U.S. Because mm-hmm. basically, I think you get like MLK or President's Day off, and then you get nothing until Memorial Day. So right. you literally have like three months of <clears throat> nothing. Yeah, three. Yeah, so you're maybe. right. Three or four months, and then so you have Memorial. So that's probably why. And then you do uh, you do have more in fall. Memorial, for us. July Fourth, Labor, Labor Day. Day. Veterans right. Day sometimes for people. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You get Juneteenth a is a new Juneteenth, one. Juneteenth. Um, Christmas. Well, obviously Christmas. So, so yeah, you're right. It, US is kind of back mm-hmm. six months of the year. UK's front six. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah. So, so everyone gets an equal amount. I'm sorry. You get a Part- bank holiday. Everyone get gets a- participation credit. Um should we continue <laughs> with our events? No, let's keep on going with public bank holidays. It's a sexy topic. Um, yeah, so the next one I'm going to go on is Prince William. So he had a few events uh, this this last week. Um, so do you know anything about Grenfell Tower? The Grenfell Tower How you fire? G-R-E-N-F-E-L-L, Grenfell. No, 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 I do not. Um. So, yes, so he met with survivors and bereaved families of the Grenfell Tower mm. fire ahead of the sixth in anniversary London. of yeah, the blaze yeah, that killed, yep, 72 people. That um, was horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it's tragic. Um, but he met with the survivors and the bereaved families, and he visited nearby Queens Park Rangers to learn of the support of the championship football club has provided to the community since the tragedy on June 14th, 2017. Um, and... Oh, sorry, go on. And then I was just going to say, a, ci- a civil settlement was agreed earlier this year with more than £150 million awarded across about 900 cases. But um, I know... It's not much really, is it? Not, yeah. How, how many, nine cases, did you say? 900. 900 yeah, that's across nothing, Across 900 cases. Um, yeah, so yeah. So he visited um, with survivors and then with the football club... Um, and he also went, I know, last year. Uh, I'm not sure if he went the years prior, but Catherine's gone with him previously, and I know he did tell him that he'd come back, um, you know, to commemorate and things like that. And so he it was has. The sixth, sixth anniversary? Yes. It was the sixth. 2017, I'm guessing then. Yeah. 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 And then, so he visited. Um, Grenfell alongside the Lake Queen in the days after the blaze and was at the fifth anniversary memorial service last year. How many people passed? It was 72. Jeez. It killed 72. I don't know how many were injured. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, there's, there's long-term probably ailments that come from that oh, because of smoke oh, damage yes. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. the mental aspects of it. Yeah, I, I, I really remember this quite vividly now. Um. Which is strange because I, I was in the U the US, mm-hmm. like you know, def- definitely in the US. I mean, we would have been in Austin. We were living in Austin at this point, right? Hmm. What year? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, they're Denver. So I think it, it, it's strange. Like, um, I I I do remember there was some real fault. And I've got a feeling it was either to do with um, shoddy, not just shoddy workmanship, but those cor- corners that were cut. That that I think it was either one thing that the building went up so quickly, mm-hmm. um, and something to do with 
fire alarms and, and sprinkler systems. But it was, I remember it was horrendous. Mm-hmm. I, I know it, not to be too morbid, but I don't think that there's, it has to be one of the way, worst ways to go. Because that was a, um, not a skyscraper, we call them a block of flats. Mm-hmm. So you, it, jumping's not really a, an option. Yeah. So I think the smoke, just just being knocked out by the smoke, you know, that would be the best way in kind of one of those situ- situations. Well, you, you know what I mean? Because like, you don't want to be jumping out of a... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrendous. Yes, it is. So Sorry, go on. So, so what was William doing there? Um, yeah, so he met with a football club, and um, they've been heavily involved in supporting the victims of the fire. So one initiative was the creation of the Grenfell Memorial Cup, which features a day of football for survivors, bereaved families, and the wider community. Um, and as we know, Prince William, he's the president of the English football's governing body, the, the Football Association, but also... Um, he met with community workers and youth workers funded by the trust who have been providing mentorship, mental health support, and development expertise to those affected by the fire. What, um, do you know what it reminds me a little bit of? Do you know it was uh, the, the Welsh um, coal disaster that we've talked about mm-hmm. recently? I think it was a recent day in uh, royal history. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those things, like a real tragedy mm-hmm. that could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. Um, did, does it say anything else about how it happened? Or no, this article specifically doesn't, but there are definitely. I think. Look, I know, I know the, the UK is what population UK is around about sixty million. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the US it's what three fifty, and there's a lot of tragic events on the on the, the daily. Um, but in the UK, that type of number of people passing mm-hmm. in one day is really, really rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so very tragic. I, I, like I said, we, we spoke about it before. I don't know, and I don't think the royal family gets enough credit from this, and I think we've talked about the, the, the emotional state of the Queen, mm-hmm. was you just always have your guard up, because if you let yourself go, then you'd be a wreck, Yeah, especially with this. I don't know how... You could listen to somebody's stories and not just lose it, mm-hmm. especially with something like this. Oh yes. So I think there's so much credit that has to be has to be given to the royal family, but also it's like, what does that do to them internally? Mm-hmm. The, the the thickness of the skin, mm-hmm. their well, their yeah. their mental state that they can think. Can I not release? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I know we talk about Harry and. And I think they're probably just more aware of that things can happen, things do happen, and probably they have more empathy and just, I don't know if understanding's the right word, but just more... They're thrown into so many of these situations where it's just like, let's go to a a, a children's hospital. Yeah, well, And you've got kids on your own, and you're like, just manage it. It's like, did you... uh, We we have definitely mentioned this, but this Mm -hmm. is, this reminds me of something. Um, Did you ever watch Scrubs? Were you too young? I watched some Scrubs, yes. So, so Scrubs was um, there was one particular episode. Remember Elliot, the blonde-haired um, doctor mm-hmm. with JD. She was like uh, speaking to one of the more senior doctors. She's like, "Oh no, give give me all the the bad news things," because she just wanted to kind of get herself noticed by Doctor Cox, the um, like the resident doctor. It's like, 
go at it. I said, oh yeah, no, I'm really good at it, I'm really good at it. And she did so much and so much to the point where she was like, this is horrendous. I, I can't mentally do it. And that's how I think of the royal family. It's like, well, yeah, you just learn to compartmentalize it, I think. And, that's and I'm not sure normal, is it? That's it's not, not that's normal. Not, that's not human nature. It's not to normal, but I would, doctors and stuff probably do it as well. And they, I, I would 100% think they probably do have a time where they probably break down, break down breathe, and, yeah. and kind of take it all in. But I, I think as a human, taking all of that on is a lot. Oh. Yeah, I think you've got to be a certain type of person, and they they were born into it rather than. Yeah, I mean they've been doing it their whole life. Bro. I mean, especially yeah. their mother's death, you know, especially for Prince William and Harry, right? And and I think Prince William. It's tough. Like like I said, you know, when we when we did the royals stuff, and I came into, it, I was like, you know, I, I give or take the royals when we first started this, yes. like. But the, the like I said, the respect that I have for them. You know, keeping keeping um, their memorial alive of these people, mm-hmm. but that they're having to hear these stories, it's bloody tough. I I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have the mental strength to to keep on doing it week in week out for years. Yeah. And Prince Philip retired, at, and the Queen retired from it at, in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it for seventy years. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Snaps. Um, yes, yeah, so we will go on to his next. Um, Sorry, no, I just, I just, engagement. I remember this vividly, and it no, was, it yeah. was terrible. No, and if you think about it, him and Kate just went to Wales to do the memorial for that. That's it. A couple months imagine, ago, because you have to get yourself in that mental place yeah. to to think of what it would have been like. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. go here and say, "Oh, it's sunny, it's a nice day yeah. today." Yeah, you've got to put yourself in. No, definitely. Yeah. And trying to keep it together, right? Because they can't show emotion. Um, or there'll be all the articles about it. Um, but on kind of a different note, so uh, Earthshot Prize we know is near and dear to Kate and Will's heart. Um, they had the Earthshot Prize Awards last year, so he actually visited, and I hope I'm saying this right, Not Notpla? Notpla. Spell it for me. N-O-T-P-L-A. Um, I, 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 yeah. Where the hell is that? Uh, no, it's, it's the name of, um, this business. Oh. So they're an Earthshot Prize winner and, um, they are, uh, specialized, specialized focus on sustainable packaging. So here they are trying to, they are working with pioneering seaweed and plant based plastic alternatives. Um, so helping make plastic takeaway boxes a thing of the past, hydrating the runners at one of Europe's biggest half marathons with its plastic-free edible bubbles. And then I actually didn't know this was the amount, but they did get one million pounds of funding from the Earthshot Prize. Um, so yeah, so he visited there. there. There's a reel on the Prince and Princess of Wales, um, but you can see him holding up some like seaweed. And it's really cool to see like, everything they're doing um, and the progress they're making. So he visited there. And I think especially after this event too, because everyone knows if you follow the Royals, you know, Earthshot Prize winners, um, but you kind of have to dig more into what these companies do. They, they do share it. Um, but uh, I think some people were saying like, this is going to be his legacy, right? Of, for yeah. the sustainable side of things. Charles's? 
No, Williams. Williams and Cades, but, you know, Williams of, because I think they, they, they gave out multiple awards. So this one was specifically, so there's different um, areas you can win. So last year they had David Beckham, who was the one who gave out the awards. And this, they, they focus on five goals for the planet. Protect and restore nature, clean our air, revive our oceans, build a waste-free world, which this is where this um, business won, and then fix our climate. Um, so, mm. And every year they, they have the Earthshot Awards. As we know, this year it's in Singapore. So we haven't done a um, cocktail um, for, for that we do, the, the, the Princess Margaret's cocktail and stuff. Should we come up with an Earthshot? We should <laughs> for next week. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll do an earth shot. Um, how much more have you got on this? Because I do have, I, I did want to kind of go into this, but if you've got a lot more, I'll. I'll yes, yeah, I do have a few more. Okay, I, I'll, I, feel I'll, like I will. We did get on some tangents. Well, yeah, I had another tangent, so I'll, I'll stop. So, um, yeah. Let's keep them rolling. Okay, um, and then we also have, so the Prince of Wales, there are rumors, so tomorrow, Thursday, June 1st, the crown prince of Jordan is getting married. So there are reports that William has flown across to attend his wedding tomorrow. So we'll have to see. I don't think the princess of Wales is with him, but we have at least Prince William. Lad's trip. Yeah, well, he is. I think he is good friends with actually the crown prince. Um, So I guess it makes sense. Well, Jordan's supposed to be an incredible place. I mean, well, they've, well, he's been before. And then as we know, Kate lived there for three years when her father worked for British Airways. Um, So she has ties to it. But, um, yeah, so there's rumors that he'll be there tomorrow. So we'll have to see. I guess it's a security thing, not to completely confirm. Of course, of course. Um, Okay, so that's everything on the Prince William, Prince of Wales. Then we have the King Queen. So last week they went to Belfast. Well, they went. And they opened the Coronation Garden, which is part of their green initiative. I was actually very impressed by it. So they had like a coronation bench and a coronate, like a crown cake. Have you seen it, Baron? If you haven't, it's very impressive. It reminded me of like the Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen. Yep, I've not been, but you have. Yeah, but but that's what like it kind of reminded me of. Um, but. Yeah, they went there. They had two days. Um, so that was one day. And then they also hosted a garden party as well. But very impressive. Or oh, I thought it was very impressive. So, Oh, keeping so I'll describe what you're showing me. Well, actually, I'll, I'm going to look at you. You've put this is one of your reels or this is somebody else's reel? No, th- th- that's the king. Actually, here. You oh, can it's a royal family here. reel. So, um, so I'll describe what I'm saying. So is this a new garden? The Coronation Garden mm-hmm. in, um, and actually, I think um, Charles has always been a fan of flowers and plants. Do you, do you think um, it comes with age where you appreciate Probably. with? Probably. Because I, I mean, I like my garden. The Coronation Bench. That looks horrendous. It's uh, just for, for people listening to the current, uh, it looks like if, uh, Teletubbies. Oh, maybe it was designed by kids. There's kids around it, so that's maybe why um, it doesn't look as professional. It's like a, a lilac colored. It's, it's nice. designed by kids, isn't it? I it's feel bad now. Nice. I'm going to hell. They um, they did have a cake as well. 
Um, they don't have it in their article, but they had um, they held Ooh. an audience. Chuck's wearing uh, aviators in this. Oh, picture. that was a big deal. Yes, he is wearing sunglasses, and he had, he actually rocks it very well. He's rocking the sunglasses. Well, they, they both look well in this. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so they at Hill, they went to Hillsborough Castle, and they held an audience there, and they welcomed. Um, Guests I, I from they, Northern they, Ireland to the garden party. I bet they genuinely enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, it looked great. And then they had like a big um, crown cake <laughs> for them. Like, I bet they had a blast. It looked great. It looked beautiful. Would you like to do a section of our yard as a coronation garden? Um, I mean, something better than, than, than that. What, what, yeah. Than what they had? Than that bench, yes. Can you make that? A, a, a lilac colored bench? No, I could I could put some British flowers. Oh, I don't know if we have <laughs> the room. Yeah, we're all maxed out. We have the irrigation system lines. Anyway, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun to see in Ireland. I know it's Northern Ireland, Ireland, but no, you ha- no, it's Northern Ireland. Yes. It's not Ireland. I know. Well, hey, well, remember when we. So the Duchess and the Baron, we used to work for the same company. And uh, it's a tech company. And then there was some slight uh, not yes, it's correct terming. Ireland. People kicked off. So, yes, yeah. It's Northern Ireland. But, that, I mean, you I, I like that. You have just been cancelled by the whole <laughs> of Ireland. I'm Irish. Well. <laughs> okay. So next we're going to go to the Duchess of Edinburgh, Sophie. So she visited Baghdad, Erbil, and Duhok in Iraq. Probably not saying those right, but oh well. In support of the Women, Peace, and Security Agenda and the survivors of conflict-related sexual violence. So she is a in, big... In Baghdad? That yep, sexual in, in Iraq? in Baghdad? Yes, yeah. Jeez. So that was... Um, she's been the first UK royal to visit Baghdad in general, and especially... You know, for survivors of sexual violence, she I, I I think this cause is really close to to her. Um, yeah. Just because, like, she's done. I know she's done a lot in the UK. I know she, she she does a lot around this cause. But yeah, going to Iraq and doing this, like, uh, excuse my language, but she has some balls. Grande cojones. See, see. No, that's but, ridiculous. Yeah. Insane, yeah, and, and obviously it wasn't announced before security yeah, for, yeah. for security purposes, but and yeah, to be the first UK royal to go to back, like I don't know. No, I think I think it's tremendous. Yeah, but so, you 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 you're battling not just. I mean, um, Iraq is obviously. I mean, you could talk for hours about Iraq, but it's that whole region. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's that culture. It's the. Um, the traditions, I guess you could call it, just how they they think they're meant, you know, just yeah, all of that. Um, well, we so always, kudos to yeah, Duchess, yeah, like yeah. huge, yeah, huge. It's not a great summer break for her, is it? I mean, yeah. Um, what you can say, weather's nice. I don't know. Um, personally, I would probably be like, eh. but. Just think about probably the impact she made on those girls that she met oh, there, okay. and, and everyone and the woman, right? Seeing a duchess, they're you know, probably it, it would be memorable. They'll probably remember it for the rest of their lives. Or they just feel heard. Yep, 
Um, so going on to Prince Edward, so he's the patron of the Duke of Edinburgh's International Award. So he visited Berlin and Prague to celebrate young people who have successfully participated in the scheme. So we talk a, a lot about this award because the Baron was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so Sophie was in Iraq. He was in Berlin and Prague. Um, so busy weeks for both of them. Yeah. And then we we'll get some of my old points. And then last, so free we free trip to Tenerife for both of them. Oh yeah, well, I think you know there was speculation about who's going to go to Jordan for the wedding, right? And it was like the king, you know, they're speculating king, queen, prince and princess of Wales, and they were like, well, the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh, they've both been abroad this past week. Um, I think I think Princess Anne has an engagement tomorrow, but um, so I think it was limited down to I think the king. Andrew. Or Prince. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Imagine, imagine you send Andrew somewhere. It's like, this is what you think of us. Uh, we'll send Andrew to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> don't come back. Um, but yes, so those are our, so for Working Royals, those are all our updates. I have one more, and it's about Prince Harry. And specifically, we're going over these because he's had a lot of, like, legal battles, I guess you could say. So this last week, he had one outcome, you could say, and then an interesting one that came out today that he's going to be going through soon, I think, that we can... Is this a cue? Yes. Okay. Courtroom drama. Yes. Prince Harry version. Oh, wait, ticket 572 of this year. (laughs) So he has one in the UK and now one in the US. So the first one was he did lose his legal challenge in police protection case. So this is in the UK specifically. So he has lost his bid to challenge a decision that he cannot pay for police protection while he is in the United Kingdom. So a judge rules ruled Tuesday that Harry cannot bring a second case against the UK Home Office, querying their stance that metropolitan police protection could not be bought. So basically, he's been fighting back against the 2020 decision made by the government that denied his family automatic police protection while in Britain after he and Meghan stepped down from their royals, from, from their roles as senior working royals. Um, so at the time, the Executive Committee for the Protection of Royalty and Public Figures, known as Ravec, made a decision that, the, that security for the Sussexes would be granted on a case-by-case basis. Um, yeah, so he lost his bid. I mean, as we know, like the coronation, I, I believe he had security there, but again, it's on a case by case basis, but basically he can't just go there and Didn't like, he, get an Uber, though? he did, but I'm sure he, I mean, I don't know with him. Hopefully he had security. He might've been in a goose chase though, too. Um, I mean, the, the, the story that we, I was going to say we broke, we didn't break the story but um the story that we're talking about last week it's all just a part of a uh, plot to it was just part of a scheme to to make it look like oh my gosh this is what we get in new york when we get into the uk we need it was just yeah i mean who knows i mean there's rumors now that they're gonna move back to the uk and all these things oh really i mean i i uh, obviously it could just be clickbait right but um i have um I can see your list. This is probably like the penultimate one. So I do have a I little... I have one more after this. Okay, so I have, I have a question. Yeah. 
yeah. um, since we're on the Harry stuff. How would you feel that his children kept the titles, but they were removed from Harry and um, Meghan because it gives them the choice to either be part of it, like they've had part of their potential. What do you mean removed from Harry and Meghan? Well, they still keep... I I saw you showed me something that says Duchess of Sussex. Oh, you mean that Harry and Meghan don't have their titles, but their children do? Yeah, because it's not their choice. So then when they're of age, they can choose, because at the moment, the parents have taken it away from them. And so the, when you think about well, security... The, well, 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 the children do have titles. Oh, they do? They are prince and princess. Yes. Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and pre- yeah. so, so, so they, they are prince do. and princess. And, and, and that's been the whole thing of like, if you're stepping back and stuff like that, why do your kids need the prince and princess titles? And then there's speculation of like, well, maybe they're going to the coronation. So it does make sense to have these titles. Um, but, I mean, they don't go back. To the UK, that, yeah. Um, I mean, it's I don't, not the, I kid, don't, it's not uh, the kids. I, I it, it's not the kids. Like you've talked about it before, you like your the relationship with their cousins, their parents have taken away. I think the opportunity should be there for the kids. Like, right. don't don't punish the children for their parents' mistakes or decisions. But yeah, but no, their parents okay, then so decided to give them the title of prince and princess. Okay, which which still doesn't make sense because as we know, like Edward and Sophie. Working royals, their children do not have the titles of prince and princess. The same with Princess Anne. Those are all working royals, their parents, right? So you would think they're, you know, that they would give their children titles. So it makes less sense of Harry and Meghan not working royals, but they're going to give their children those titles. Because I, I, yeah. I, I think it's something that if later on the kids get older and that say they wanted the titles or whatever, Yes, they can be given yeah. the titles later on. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, the, the children have titles. Um, I think Megan should not have a title because she just uses it for publicity. Yeah. Harry, yes, he's, like, he's yeah. done a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, like, that that is still his, like, bloodline, I think. Which I've probably actually changed my stance on this because before I was like, ah, oh, take it away from both of them. But... I think I am feeling more bad for Harry as time goes on and more things are coming out. Um, but yes. Um, okay. Well, th- thanks for clearing that up. Um, so I, I think the only thing that with a security detail piece with Harry is um, if they didn't have children, I'd be like, nah, you made, th- you made that bad. But with the children, I, I guess if they're not traveling with children, then... But their kids... Well, so I don't know if Lily Bits actually gone back to the UK with them. Archie was obviously born in the UK, but since they've moved to Canada and then California, mm. I don't think the kids have been back. So I would say, I would be like... But, so so this case specifically is that he can't go and just, like, pay for police protection, like, whenever, you know, like... It's it, it's not like police are just, like, a pay-for-hire kind of thing. Sure. Um, but it's said that by Rebecca the decision that security for the Sussexes would be granted on a case-by-case basis. So when they do go, oh. they'll probably review the case, right? It, is he, oh, it said if it's ca- it does say case-by-case. Mm-hmm. Case. Oh, yeah, fine. made a decision that security for the Sussexes would be granted on a case-by-case basis. So, for example, if he's going to the coronation, that probably makes sense, right? Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, it's, or it's, it's in or relation. Or the kids are coming. Yeah, or if, if he's going, like, I, th- I believe he's going again next week for his other court case that he has against 
the, the newspapers. Yeah, and that, then that one, it's yeah. like, it doesn't that, have anything. Own, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Like, the only thing I think about it is that if he was pushing for it for his kids, then I'm like. Those well, kids don't go to the UK. Yeah. And I don't know if they will. I don't know if Megan will let them. I don't think she will. I, I, I don't think she would let the kids go without her. And I don't know when she would go. Yeah, well, I, I understand that for Megan as well. She, she's probably not going to go with a kid. If she's not going to go without her kids. Oh, sorry. You, you know what I mean. Yeah, and and there's no big events for her to actually go to till unfortunately probably Charles's funeral. Don't you keep on saying this? I'm sure there is. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean. Maybe a wedding, but like I'm sure Prince Andrew's gonna do something. That's a few years. Like I, I still think like the next royal that might get married. That's like like Lady Louise. She's like nineteen, so that's still like a while, <laughs> while ten, off, right? You look ten, fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, Harry and Meghan might not be. So, so by then. you're putting on money that Charles is gonna die the next. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But I also don't think like I don't think Meghan would go anyway to that. I'm saying like big national. Yeah, the, 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 the probably the really big one is either George's wedding, or the and George's ten eleven. Yeah. Like or, he has a wife. Or um, um, William's coronation. Exactly. Which they definitely won't be invited to. <laughs> I don't I know, mean, they might they're, grovel. They're, they'll hey, have a seat outside. Hey, they might be moving back to the UK. Chairs. Who knows? Okay, um, so I'm going to go to the next court case. So, th- so this is the last of the royal events. So this, I, I think this actually came out today. So, th- so this is hot off the press. Um, so this is a U.S. Um, this is a U.S. I don't know if you'd call it trial. And it's not, it's not really a trial yet. So basically a court um, is has agreed to hear a lawsuit over Prince Harry's U.S. visa records. Um, so, th- so this is just a hearing of it, right? So obviously we don't know what's going to happen of it. It could just be dismissed, whatever. Um, but a, uh, what is it, a think tank called the Heritage Foundation filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit earlier this month to force the release of the princess prince's immigration records given the widespread public and press interest on the specific issue of whether DHS acted and, it, and is acting appropriately as regards to the Duke of Sussex. Um, so, so basically they're taking the federal government to court in an effort to get records related to Prince Harry's U.S. visa application, questioning whether the Department of Homeland Security acted properly after the Duke of Sussex admitted he has used drugs on U.S. and foreign soil. So we saw that, you know, he's been, I think, very open that he has done drugs and even with, like, his therapist kind of stuff, you know, marijuana, and and he's admitted other, he's done other drugs and things like that. Do you remember what other drugs were? Um, Shrooms. I think that there there were some like psychedelic ones. Okay. Um, uh, fact check me on that. Just, but uh, yes, I believe there's some. Psych- Ladies, he's lover. Can you just fact check that? <laughs> no, I just yeah, I just want to make sure it's fact check there. Um, but basically, so, which I remember when, you know, some of their I think the Netflix documentary or wherever that he okay. 
All right, so the Heritage Foundation is trying to discover if the relevations of the Duke oh, of co- Sussex... cocaine, sorry, in despair. Um, of the oh, Duke of Sussex... and magic mushrooms with Courtney Cox. All right, well, there it is. Sorry, <laughs> I got more into this article. Um, so, yeah, in his memoir, Spare, he said he'd been taking cocaine, and then he'd also taken magic mushrooms at Courtney Cox's home in L.A. Yeah, so I think looking at that, the probably the big one's cocaine. I mean, mushrooms, I mean, they're both illegal, right? He's, uh, he's some states, shrooms, I think, is... I don't, is I, I don't think, no. I think Colorado. Okay, just Colorado. I, I don't, yeah. Um, anyways, so I know there was a lot of kind of backlash after memoir or spare that was like, he's done drugs. And, he's on, and I will say in the States and probably other countries, I would assume, if you're in a visa, like you do, like, you cannot break the law or really step out of line without the risk of losing your visa um, because you are here technically temporarily until you get citizenship. Um, Basically, what they've said is that the United States law generally renders such a person inadmissible for entry into the United States. One when they've admitted to the essential elements of a number of drug offenses in both the United States and abroad. So basically, him saying that he's done this, um, he is inadmissible for entry into the United States. And so the question that's surfacing is, DHS may have improperly granted him a waiver to enter the country on a non-immigrant visa given his history of admissions to the essential elements of drug offenses. Um so yeah, so that is basically the essence of what it is. So class A, um, heroin, cocaine, ecstasy, and LSD are class A. Um, so wait, what was the what was it that was from um, Breaking Bad? What were they making? Meth. Oh oh shit! So, so um, <laughs> sp- speed cannabis, ketamine. Mephedrone and some amphetamines are class B. So, so mephedrone is that is that meth? So that's a B. So if he's taking LSD, what is he taking? Shrooms, I guess that's the closest to LSD. LSD. So I guess cocaine and LSD are. You could lump it as both class A. Yep. And then um, cannabis is class B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, if you're doing drugs, um, you're inadmissible for entry into the United States. That That is U.S. law, um, if you do it in the U.S. or, or, or abroad. Right. Um, and, I mean, you, uh, yeah, I mean, that's U.S. law, especially with immigration. Immigration is a very, I will say, delicate, strict strict area I, I think, in the US. I think any country is. So it's I mean, like it's like just because he's a prince doesn't mean that he can do well, all that, these no, drugs and no, be like. No, more, more even so, I think you're going to be under the the light to talk about it. I mean, that's, we talk about PR. Mm-hmm. Just just think about well, what, that is a potential outcome that the, the US will investigate it because he could be deported. It's not like saying... Um, and that's when they'll move back to the UK. Maybe that's why these new rumors that they're going to move back to the UK has come from. I don't know. It no, is they're running out of countries. 
Um, well, last week, I think I said they should just get an island. Well, they didn't they they wanted to go to some of the Commonwealth countries. I don't know, maybe. Oh, well, she apparently. What did you say? They, she looks like the Commonwealth. They so. might. They might do more damage though than good. Um, but yeah. Well, it's a um, privacy world tour. Yeah. Um, Australia. I, but I'm sure at this point the UK would not want to pay for them, <laughs> to, for their expenses. Um, It'd be good for the news. Yes. So yeah. So the hearing will be held Tuesday in federal court in Washington D.C. Um, it's just been announced today that this was coming about. So next week we'll, we'll give an update. But I think this is interesting, and and I've seen. Yeah. I've seen there. There's a lot of articles. You know, some people are being like, "This is ridiculous," um, and some people are being like, "Yeah, this this is you should completely be kicked out." You know, with Meghan and Harry, there's always opposite sides to everything. So the same with this. So oh, we'll see it's what just happens. the judicial system. It's like if anybody. I mean, kind of sets a precedence, right? If you're like, eh. That's fine, then, yeah. And then it's like, well, yeah. You've got to at least investigate it. Yep. Um, so, yes, we shall see what happens with that. But those are all our royal, royal events. I know we got off some tangents today, but we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with the firm, the institution. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Dang, I wish I could play the piano. Catherine can. She can. I wonder if she can play the succession yeah. theme tune. We'll um, ask her next week. All right, so this is our main topic. It's the institution. I think this is something that we've um, probably should have done in an earlier episode. But it is the foundation to so many things, this, uh, this myth. What is the institution? What is the firm? And they're so, two separate things. And are, are they two Just separate? And they are two separate things. They're not interchangeable. Which, which, um, going back to Oprah Winfrey's interview with Meghan and Harry, um, Meghan would interchange them, which is incorrect. And she could have just done a Google search on so many things. Just I, a little, yeah, yeah just I, a little I, search. Now, I, now I, I, she could have asked Chat GPT. And that's the people that you surround yourself, right? So. Um, we're going to talk about the difference between the institution and the firm. We're going to talk about the history behind it. Um, but really, you know, something that's that the crown isn't factually true on everything, but the institution or aspects of the institution come up. And we're going to, we're going to kind of fact check that over the next two episodes. So part one is the history. Um, and and the, the thing that I've always thought about has been if you are the uh, the ruling sovereign, so Queen Elizabeth or King Charles right now, within your sphere of influence, so I'm not talking about the country, I'm not talking about kind of uh, Queen Victoria, I'm not talking about Queen Elizabeth I or, or Henry VIII, I'm not talking about that kind of influence where you can say, off with their heads. I'm talking about the, the, the royal family in types of um, Princess Margaret. She should be able to marry this person and so on and so on but throughout history certain things have blocked and it's institution so it's a staff and other individuals within that sphere that are actually have more power behind the um the veil and that's what we're going to go through so w- this is a part one this is a history and then as we said at the beginning at the top of the show 
we're going to talk about um, the, the two palatial influences being uh, Buckingham and Duchess. Kensington. Kensington, yes. And that would be part two. So, um, what would you like to start? What is the firm and what's the institution, okay. I guess? Let's so start with the most, I, w- I would think that's the most basic question. So, the institution, you really want to think about everything that we're talking about. And well, why we played Succession. Um, succession, if you haven't seen it, is, is loosely based off uh, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, and his broadcasting company, which is Sky, uh, and the the papers like News of the, the World, the one that Harry is suing, or he owns. Yeah, it was News of the World and all that that yep. piece that came down. So you know, print media, TV, and and, and so, so on. So what a connection to the royals, right? Exactly, it's loosely based off that. But when you think of the institution or how they use the term institution, just think of a business and through the the whole of this topic, think of the royal family as. A business, and at the end of the episode, we're actually going to tell you about a few jobs that are available within the institution that you, yes, you can apply for. I am going to hyperlink these in the podcast. Do you notes. get to interview with the prince or princess of Wales? I'd expect so. It would be the final interview. What uh-huh. do you think? Um, going off, uh, if we think of the royal family as a business, so you would say the king or queen is a CEO slash um, chair chairman, right? Not they, not they chairman. You oh. write the first time. It's a CEO. Okay. They're the CEO of a public company, company. not Which a private. Is Great so Britain. Um. United Kingdom. No, it, the the United Kingdom would be the shareholders to a certain extent. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Right. So if you think about the, the UK and and the Commonwealth, are the shareholders? Yeah, makes sense. And then there are some powers within that that have more shares than others. The the, the current prime minister, certain um, you would other say the prime people. minister is part <coughs> of the board of directors. Actually, yeah, that's probably a better fit. Um. So, what would you say? I would say the next, and I know there are many senior working roles, but with Prince William becoming the next heir. Would he be like the COO or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah, CFO, CRO, CFO. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. So I, I think the, you know, the, the firm, so the, let's start with this. So institution, the business. We have the CEO, currently King Charles. Charles. We have the COO or CRO, whatever you want it to be, probably William, um, next in line. But the firm itself, um, where do, do you know when it was coined, the firm, or when it was first mentioned? No, the crown. <laughs> I feel like before the crown, though, I felt like they tried to keep it hush-hush, and then it was like the crown came out, and then Megan was like talking about it. Well, no, so at least from my recollection. It gained... Like, um, was it with Diana or something? No, 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 no. It, it gained... Um, what's the word, steam, from the crown. Mm-hmm. But it was actually, and, and this is factually correct, it was George VI that coined it. And he Elizabeth's said, father. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said it's the, the, the working royal family, the royal working family. Oh, members. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Se- a firm. Senior working royal, yeah. So, so that's the firm. So, so just to clarify, 
for our listeners, you wouldn't. So non-working royals are not part of the institution. So now no, Meghan no, 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 and no. Harry are not part of. They're part of neither. So the firm is royal working members, mm-hmm. and the institution. Oh yes, is yeah. the business. Yeah, sorry. So, they're so not, the firm. So, so they're on furlough. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean. I don't think she's oh, coming they're, back. They're, they've been laid off. <laughs> so it's honest. No, no, I mean, we, yeah. we keep this quite um, P- uh, business. Um, to, to make to make it clear as possible, that's yes. how we're going to tie it together. Is yeah. business. So the firm. Sorry, sorry if I said institution earlier. Yeah. So the firm is. No, it's okay. Megan do this in Oprah the whole time. So we it's just. Hey, I am not a celebrity that's been trained in this. And we don't do edits really on this show, so <laughs> can't edit that out. Um, so, but no, it's confusing, right? So it's a good point. So you would say that the firm is the King and Queen, Prince and Princess of Wales, Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh, uh, Princess Anne. Oh, and then like the Duke and Duchess, Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, mm-hmm. Kent, etc., yep, and yep, Princess yep. Alexandra. Okay. And obviously the firm. Everyone that was really on, you know, the coronation balcony. And re- really That's in that it. coronation just, just photo. Think, think about the coronation balcony. Okay. And that is the firm. Okay. Okay. So throughout time, obviously the firm changes. So this is, uh, and then tying it back to why we use succession music is, if you watch the show or you haven't watched it, it's the family. It's the um, the members of a business that hereditarily aligned to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Logan as a CEO and then all his kids are exactly all members, and, yes. and, and the influence of it yep. because they work in some aspects for the, the interests of the business. So firm, royal working members, institution is the business itself, including the C-suite. Mm-hmm. So Camilla is, is probably somewhere within that C-suite. Um, Isn't Camilla part of the firm? She is as well. But so firm, oh, uh, fir- firm, so firm and um, but then the seat, the, the institution is. Wouldn't that be Camilla's people? Uh, wait, wait. What do you mean? The people that work for Camilla. Oh yeah, but the, the institution itself goes from entry level apprenticeships, summer mm-hmm. apprenticeships, which you can find on the royal website right now. And I know that sounds like a, a joke. I mean, it's legit. You you yeah. could be part of the institution. So as in a, a, a summer internship to a private secretary. Mm-hmm. So this is a good segue. So, so let's talk about some of the most influential positions within the institution. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about the jobs that are currently available to make it feel like it is a business. And just so just to kind of clarify more what's part of the institution. So obviously you have like the business... Are correct. It, it is. It's, it's, it's all business. It, it's the business. Institution okay. equals the business. All business. But you know, they also have chefs, right? Yeah, they're part for of the institution. And I don't know, grounds, groundskeepers. You part of the institution. Okay, but they wouldn't have as much influence as let's well, that's say a private influence, exec- then you've secretary got or something like that. Influential institution members. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all part of the institution. Like when people, when like Harry and Meghan would say, "Oh, it's it's the institution, it's the company." So mm-hmm. if somebody says Facebook or Meta's culture, it's just part of the culture, mm-hmm. and it might be 
you know, a, a lowly member of that organization. Oh, it's just it's just Meta's culture. It's just Netflix's culture. Mm-hmm. It's just the institution. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Okay. So that's why we're always going to think the royal family is a business. Now, one thing I I, I wish I did a little bit more research into this because I've, I've thought about it off the top of my head. We're going to discuss next week. I don't think the Spanish, the Swedish, Norwegian royal families have this level. I don't think they have a career site. Uh-huh. And that's why... But they do, I would assume, still have a, staff, a version. Yeah. They have staff, but do they have a head of digital media? But do you also think that's what's made the British royal family more prominent than, let's say, other other royal or other European royals, or I think royals in general? I mean... I, you know, obviously depending where you're from, but I think the British royals, you can say, are probably the most (coughs) well-known royals. Absolutely, and I think it's the Commonwealth. I think it's, um, I think it's it's a lot to the Commonwealth. You think that's why they're more prominent than other royal families? Yeah, and I think what you could do, especially with the Spanish royal family, is you could have a Spanish Commonwealth quite easily. And you could have the Philippines in that. You could have Mexico. Um, any of the the major Spanish, you know, the, the parts of the Caribbean uh, and South America. And do you think that's why Queen Elizabeth put so much emphasis and yeah time into the Commonwealth? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. I can see that. But I would also think that the institution, especially, I'm sure they hire business people, right, um, would probably understand that from a more business um perspective not not as much of a not emotional or oh yeah of, oh but, it's, it's but, a really good point but, it's a really good but point. from like a business perspective they probably like okay you know the commonwealth we can get xyz or well, however they would think about that but well, you make a really good point and and this is where the uk government sees this as i, I think it was what um in the 19 19- 70s i mean every so often there's a call to um abolish the monarchy in the uk Mm -hmm. i don't think it'll happen in the next 50 to 100 years and here's why because the uk government knows what it does for tourism and we we talked about this in a previous episode um the roi or return of investment or the um if you put one dollar in to the in this investment as a company, you're going to get twenty back, mm-hmm. which is is it two thousand percent? Is it twenty thousand percent? I don't know. I think it's a two thousand percent investment. Mm-hmm. That's what it does for the British government. So that's why it's so much closer. Like you said, you use the word emotional piece. It's not an emotional piece. It's a business. Yes. So everything about the royal family now is business. Is business. So. Um, and this kind of ties back to some, I don't know if you'd call it backlash, um, that has recently come about with the royal family. So as we know, the coronation was this year. I think they said it costs around $125 million. Mm-hmm. Um, But if we think about, so Queen Elizabeth's funeral was last year, and that cost about $200 million. And these are dollars, so they've converted this to pounds. But if you think about that, that's $325 million. And even in less than a year that they've spent. So I know there's been a lot of criticism around that, particularly 
Yeah. Because it's taxpayers' money. So understandably, but we've we've talked, and I, and I know this is besides the point because we've talked about kind of how much the British royal family brings in and, and things like that. But I think with, with these two things, and I guess this would happen with any coronation and previous monarch's funeral, um, but if you do think about it, that's $325 million in less than a year of taxpayers' money. Like, that, that is well, a lot in that a shorter span of time. I can't remember what it was. I think it was, it, it makes sense to be, um, it was either a third or two-thirds. So let's just use a conservative term. A third of people that in tourism visited the UK came for the royal family. And if you think about yep. that, then it, it, again, it's that 20 uh, well, ratio. And it's not like the UK is not like the Caribbean. We don't have beautiful beaches. We don't have the Alps. We don't have ski resorts. Yes, we have beautiful countryside and we have London and what what have you. But Yeah, well, you also have to consider that, which I, which I don't have it. I don't have any of those um, figures off the top of my head. But you also have to, you know, it costs this much. But how much did these bring into the economy? How much money did these events bring into the economy, right? Especially, I think, the coronation. And, and definitely the funeral, actually, as well. But um, c- people coming into the UK during that time, spending those few days, you know, going to see all the touristy stuff. And I know with, like, Queen Elizabeth's um, going to Windsor Castle, visiting where she lay and all those kinds of things um, that, you know, they, they definitely point out this is how much money it's cost, but they, they don't point out how much it's brought in, which it's an agenda. I, I did see King Charles's figure. I forgot what it was, but um, it wasn't like $20. It's, it's an agenda. And look, I, I feel at least in this podcast, when we set ourselves up, you you're passionate about the royal family you're probably pro royal i was uh, i could leave it take it at the beginning was when we did this but i i like numbers and numbers for me are fact you can't lie as much so when i looked at like we talk about return of investment geez like these guys work a lot Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't take the job yeah if you ask me to be Prince William, would I take it? Hell no. Your daughter could be a princess. No, nope. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. So, look, I, I think um, the numbers, you can throw those numbers and say this is how much it costs. For the British economy, it brings it in. I'm pretty sure like that the, the Spanish royal family or the, the Norwegian royal family probably thought, we might miss a trick here. So, um, let's talk a little bit more uh, about the business correlation to the institution and why criticizing the institution criticizes a CEO. And I'm going to use an example. Um, uh, well, let, let's have a look. Uh, I'm going to use Bill Gates. I know he's not the CEO of Microsoft anymore. He might be canceled. Is he? I think, yes, he did, yep. All right, well, top of mind, you have a popular CEO. Bezos. Well, he's not at Amazon anymore. But let's use Bezos and say I mean, he's you could use Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, because, um, I mean, uh, CEOs became celebrities in the um, after 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't think they previously were. Like, CEOs 
um, even the company that we used to work, well, I used to work for, that we worked for together, they, he, our CEO said, I'm not a He's celebrity. Not a celebrity. He yeah. said, I'm not a celebrity CEO like a Zuckerberg of that nature, but he was still in the same arena. So he, he, he I wouldn't agree with that. No, he's not. Yeah, but no, the the, the celebrity CEO. Anyway, so let, let's let's use um, Bezos. Let's use Bezos, and let's just say Jeff Bezos is still the CEO of Amazon. Yes. Now, if an employee was to say, "You know what? I think Jeff's Jeff's all right, but Amazon's culture sucks." Mm-hmm. We we have so much. I have so much respect for Jeff Bezos. Like he set the company up. He's he's brought a lot of good, but the company culture sucks. Yeah. The parallel of that was Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah. I have so much respect for Queen Elizabeth and everything that she's done, but the institution is vile. <laughs> the that's the piece of it. Is mm-hmm. you're basically saying. The top person. So even though they wanted to be completely respectful to Queen Elizabeth at the time, mm-hmm. they were saying it was the institution mm-hmm. that was vile or that was was doing it. But it's a CEO. Mm-hmm. And that's the person making the decision. So this is when I started looking into it about, well, who who has a real influence here? And in the but crown, would you say that Queen Elizabeth made the decision? Well, this is it. And this is what we're going to get into a little bit more Um and, and kind of showing some examples of where she didn't have the decisions or where senior members didn't have the decisions. And this is where it's like a public company. So I'm going to talk about, this would be a good segue. So I'm going to talk about some of the most highest ranking employees within the company that you wouldn't usually have in any other company. So you have the, the private secretaries. What is the private secretary? Is it? Um, it's like an assistant. Okay, but they do have a lot of influence, don't they? They have experience. Okay. Historically, they have experience. Because in the crown, especially Queen Elizabeth, he's like, based on my experience. That's it. That's exactly it. It's experience. Because she wanted the younger one, right? And then they were like, nope, you got to get the older one because he has experience. Because you know. Or it's, it's the, 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 I don't know, high, high hierarchy. hierarchy. Yeah, yeah you, you've stepped up into this position. You now get this person. They're not retired. Yeah. They have more experience, but they also have an agenda of how they think the world should be governed and stuff. So I mean, everyone has an agenda. Exactly. So yes. if it's coming from a previous monarch, then it usually carries on. So you have the private secretaries um, or, uh, and senior palace aides. And all of them have a private secretary. Multiple. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you have communication and press teams, which is obviously a, a, a big group. Is that PR? Yeah, it is. That's PR. And then you have household staff. So Ladies. We're, to- we're talking, yes. Ladies and... Dresses. Yep. Um, dress designers. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, they, they get dressed every day. Like ladies in waiting, right? Well, that's, that hi- that's historically what it would have been, yeah. but it's like somebody that's dressing them. Yes, bathing them. Well, back in the day, I hope they're not well, bathing yeah, Well, let's them. keep it modern, but, but dressing them for both... Philip and Elizabeth was a piece. Mm-hmm. So they would be um, privy to conversations. Yeah. And also privy to uh, having a question. Like some, um, imagine all the times like 
I'm, I'm just trying to think of like when you talk to a friend and you, um, you, you probably share more than you need to share. But, but they you might just not look at them as a friend. They might look at them as an employer, right? And I don't, and I don't know the etiquette. Sure, that, that's a good you point. You know, there, there's obviously some sort of etiquette if, if one's a lady with a princess or duchess, right? You're not the same level. You're probably going to be them. Yeah, but there's always human nature that comes into it. So, so that's this household I'm sh- stuff. I'm sure. Yes, if the longer it's gone right, but as we know, Megan was not nice to them. Okay, so this is a really big point. So Megan was was notoriously rude, and I think also we we talked about Millie, um, which kind of connects the dots a little bit of this. And she's like, "No, I'm kind of royalty now, so you're out." I uh, and, and this is something from from business. Um, so the Duchess and myself have been in the business world when the private sector, we don't work in the public sector. No matter what role you have or what position you have, it's so important to have good relationships at every level and, and to be treated as you want to be treated. Like if Treat you people ha- with respect. Exactly. But if you yeah. have a high title... Don't think, well, I'm a high title, so I'm just going to talk to you, something like that, because you never know who's going to be, where that person's going to be, if you need them in the future, if in the different companies and so on. And I think that's where Megan gets a lot of this wrong, is that she thinks, okay, I can talk down to somebody, or this is what my expectation of being. Yeah. Uh, and I think, so, so, so that's the household stuff. The next um, kind of role is, and I'm, I'm not going to explain this, because I can, I don't know what it is. Um, it's equerries. Do you know oh what this is? my goodness! Yeah, well, I just know of one equerry. Um, I will just give a quick snippet of him um, because he's made it big in the social media world. So, first of all, so a personal attendant, usually upon a sovereign, a member of a royal family, or national representative—that's what like an equerry is, um, right? So it's an officer of a royal household or court who acts as a personal assistant to a member of the royal family. So, more famously, we have had recently, let me get his name right. So it's the equerry of um, King Charles. It was of Queen Elizabeth. But, um, so he was actually one of Queen Elizabeth's most senior bodyguards, and now he's the equerry of King Charles. Um, but he does have... So he's a member of the 5th Battalion Royal Regiment of Scotland. His What's name, his name? Sorry, I haven't said that yet. Johnny Thompson. Major Johnny Thompson. And, I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. So I think Oh, he's the one that it. you were saying... But you always see him with the queen at, or the king now. So I think before he was, like, a bodyguard. It's a bit of a John Brown character to Victoria. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And people especially love him. I mean, he's not bad to look at, right? But um, Husband's sitting right across you. It's okay. You're more handsome. Don't you worry. Um, but yes, so he was basically like a senior bodyguard to Elizabeth. And now he's equerry to King Charles. But yeah, so based on this, he is kind of like a personal attendant. Um, slash maybe probably in his case, you know, personal assistant, bodyguard um, kind of thing. But it's an officer from one of the armed services. So I think that that's probably what's different from a personal assistant. You know, just like a they have to personal served. assistant to this. So so if he, if they are an officer of the armed services, I would... Ooh, okay. 
Here, I got, sorry, a Royal 101, and this just got me excited just because. Um, so it's a very important position that is often an attendant for the sovereign and other members of the royal family. They aren't servants plucked from the ranks of the royal household staff, however, but seasoned military officers. These men, as they've mostly been men in the past, assist working members of the royal family in their daily duties and for the sovereign are even called upon after their monarch's death. So it goes back to the 18th century, and I'm not going to go super into all of this, but yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so they come from their armed services and serve for a period of three years um, rather than three months, and they manage the king's daily schedule and often remains by the sovereign side at public events. And they're also responsible for arranging the monarch's transport. Um, yeah. And it says in the United States, we might view the position as the same to a president's body man. Okay. But yes. Well, I mean, I mean look, I think he's, so he wears a kilt. Wait, is he Scottish? He's Scottish, yes. I mean, Thompson yep. is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is a Scottish name. Yep. So. Um, he is 5th Battalion Royal Regiment of Scotland since 2006. So we, we, if, if you, we, we've mentioned this before. There's, there's movie and we have Judy Dench. Billy Conley, one of my favorite actors of all time. Well, comedians, called Mrs. Brown, mm-hmm. and it, it, he's a, a Scotsman that she meets at Balmoral. Is he an equerry? Uh, he served. He, he would have been no. He yet served. Yep. He was an equerry, yeah. um, and she brought him down from Balmoral after Albert's death to um, Buckingham. Yep. Would have been Buckingham back then. What were Buckingham a house maybe? Wherever she, her residence Wait, was in London, he she brought him down. It was Windsor, and I think she spent a lot of time in Windsor as well. But yes. But at the end, you know, he was very influential because he was always there. And and the the, the most important scene is he's starting to get ill, mm-hmm. and she's, you know, after Albert, she's just in in mourning, mourning the whole yeah. time, and the government's like, "Where is our sovereign?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Why you want your leavers alone?" Yes. It's going to be one of the famous pieces. And he says that to her son. Uh-huh. Um, so, Equerries, good, good. Yes. Good. Uh, I'm glad we filled that gap because I had nothing to put <laughs> in there. Um, then you have constituent, excuse me, constituent, can't say this word, constitutional. Constituental. No. The constitution. Constitutional. <laughs> I don't can think I this see? is one. Can I, I mean, you can see it, but you won't be able to read it. Constitutional. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the word. Constitutional. Constitu- <laughs> Constitutional. Constitutional advisors and lawyers. So that's number five. Legal team. Uh, legal team. That's why you should put constitutional is important because of the Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, and finally, coaches and mentors. Mm. Which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. So look, before I move on to the the, the final piece of this, um, I'm going to talk about some pieces where the CEO for a public company doesn't make the decisions, and this is where it aligns within the... uh, I mean, I think that does happen. Right, exactly. I I don't think that's uncommon. No, exactly, and this is where we're going to point this. So you may remember um, in the, the Crown, and again... As always, we use a kind of the disclaimer. This might not be complete the fact, but Prince Philip always had an issue as what he called with the mustaches. 
Yes. So he had to wear certain ties or he had to wear certain things. Like, I'm not going to wear that bloody tie. Yes. And that was because it was the equerries or the previous um, private secretaries. Didn't he make them shave all their mustaches? He did. In, in the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we probably have to fact check that to see if it's yeah. true. But it, it, it may be he... When she became queen or something. And like he was like, you know, I'm, I am I, I should be able to do this. I'm not uh, yeah. a pawn or, uh, and, and so on. So there's certain things where, again, the CEO maybe used a power queen to do that, to, to balance that, um, like kind of go against what her advisors said. Um, but at the same time, with Prince Margaret, Princess, excuse me, Princess Margaret and Pete Townsend, mm-hmm. Peter Townsend, Peter yes. Townsend, she lost that because of the constitutional advisors and lawyers. Where she said, "Yeah, of course you can," and then she had to backtrack because of the public opinion at the time. Yes. Well, I would also bring up the Mountbatten Windsor. So. Philip wanted all the kids to be Mountbatten Windsor, have Mountbatten in their last name, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, that was probably the closest to a compromise that you can probably get because they do have Mountbatten Windsor, except for I think the ones in line to the throne, right? So Mm. Charles is Windsor. William's Windsor. Harry's Mountbatten Windsor. Mountbatten Windsor. Exactly, because they're not in direct line. I would assume if someone abdicated, they might try. They, they'd yeah. probably, but. That's a good example. But, but, that, but yeah, I mean, right off the top of my head, because I remember that was a big, a, a big deal. And then um, also um, Charles marrying Camilla. Mm-hmm. That was a kind of a piece. And even though Charles may have been a, a VP, at the, the potential time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my mother's going to be on the show uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and she was talking to me about that as like, she wasn't pure. Yes. So that was the reason why. So the, the Well, that kind of brings in another area to it. You know, when you're talking about company, you don't really have religious, most of the time, obviously, in some depending on the company. But most companies, you don't have religious forces and influences coming in as well. But when you think about the firm and the institution, you, you do have to think about the Church of England. I, I know King Charles has opened it up, you know, wider, mm-hmm. especially with the coronation and stuff, with that acceptance and kind of um, inclusivity. But there there is that other factor that, the the business does have to to think about that because that that's probably one of their stakeholders or whatever you call them. And the, no, you're absolutely right. It's an external stakeholder. So if you think about it, um, you're right. The, the the church or or religion doesn't usually come into a business. However, if you look at it from a U.S. perspective, a political party usually does for a business. So if you're thinking of an oil and gas or an energy firm they're going to be probably more aligned to a certain thing. If it's a tech firm, they're more aligned to that. So you, you probably have to think about how are they going to react to, to something. But you're right. I think religion is is a stakeholder within the institution. And now it's, it's still um, a stakeholder. Still but is, there's, yeah. there's multiple stakeholders. And I think Charles is managing those stakeholders um, very well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wanted to talk about 
some famous historical influences within the institution that you may have heard of or or people that have um i, I don't want to say john you, brown i don't well, yes yeah he's one of them but i i didn't actually we, we've, we've mentioned him but i'm not going to talk about him too much so um this one i'd if you can get this i'd be so so impressed so there's an individual called sir william hesketh lever uh-huh. Have you heard of him? No. So he was Queen Victoria's soap maker. Okay. For cleanliness and just cleanliness in, in general with that. Now, Queen Victoria, I think it was quite famous that she only had two or three baths a year, right? I've heard this somewhere. I mean, I I, I will not say no. So let me just make sure I've got this. Um, Hesketh or Hesklow. Hesku. Anyway, so William Hesketh Lever. So let's just call him Sir William Lever. There is a company that he founded that uh-huh. is still very much out here. So his last name is Lever. Has it a guess of what company he was uh, he created? Lever. Unilever. Okay. So you know the the whole products with like um, probably compete with Procter and Gamble P and G. So Unilever has a, a myriad of products, cleaning and and soap and stuff, and they set the standards for soap and cleanliness. Um, and Queen Victoria, he was uh, an advisor, okay. but he was a you know one of the house staff as a personal soap maker. So he had her royal accreditation, which helps his business, which. Yeah, also became Unilever. Um, okay, the next one. Why can I not read my writing? Um, Sir Norman Hartnell. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Go on. Um, let me make sure it's the one. Oh yeah, he's a British fashion designer. He made he designed Queen Elizabeth's uh, wedding dress, didn't he? Correct, Amondo. And he was a dressmaker too, Queen Elizabeth. Yes, we talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, so so he again had a lot of FaceTime with these individuals. So he was her like official dressmaker. So yes. she she couldn't have anyone else. Well, because if you think about it now, like. But if you have a, if if you what well was the, the, does like if I, if I think about Catherine, like she wears multiple designers, so I don't think she has an official dressmaker. No, I don't, I don't think fashion was the same at the time, right? You probably Coco was coming out, you know, fashion. The nineteen, when did fashion really kick off? The forties, the fifties. Mm. You know, brands, branding, and and stuff didn't really come out until until later, mm. like global commercialization. So, so, so Norman Hartnell. So you've got to think about the FaceTime that these individuals have, and just talking about. I mean, stylistically, you are. What's the word? You're influencing. Oh, definitely, you're in. There's a, like, it's yeah. all influence. So, and this is why it's a little bit of a of a difference to to a whole business. But you've got people that influence decisions, and the companies that we've been with, mm-hmm. we know there's certain individuals that influence by ideas, and I think that's really important. Uh, the next one, Sir Alan Rickman. <laughs> I hey. would love that so much. I would love that so much. I shouldn't have sniggered, but it's funny. 
and I'd have loved it if Alan Rickman was a, an influence. Um, so Alan Lachelles, or Lachelles. Okay. Also known as Tommy Lachelles, who was George VI. George VI. George VI. And Elizabeth II's private secretary. Uh, oh, is he the eldest one? He is he, that he's, one. He's, he's, he's a gentleman. Very serious. But he is known as one of the most influential staff in the institution ever. Why is that? His knowledge on political and public opinion was was kind of second to none. Um, but he started to get it wrong. Oh, when? When when he started to look at uh, when he came into Elizabeth Sophie with George, because it was becoming probably I mean more modern than what more he modern was. and he was a little right. bit out of touch. But so but I Alan, mean that happens, right? That happens with every, as you get older. Yeah, like it happens. Um, okay, the next one, Sir Daniel Manning. Okay, he was the previous U.S. ambassador um, and had great global connections with his business. So he was very much in like this is how you bring the Commonwealth. This is how you raise your opinion with key allies. So when we've talked about, um, I'm trying to think, certain individuals, Margaret went to the US. Mm-hmm. I think it was with the Reagans. Are you sure? It might have been the Reagans, it might have been the Kennedys. Kennedys, I thought it was the Kennedys. I think it was the Reagans. But we shall. they used royal members to say, hey, you should be going to this. And now we talked about Jordan. Jordan in the Middle East. Yes. Can we confirm? I mean, we, as we've been recording this um, since... Oh. Would the, you like to yeah. Yes. It? So I saw on Instagram. So, I mean, it's still... I mean, I think it can be confirmed, but take it with a grain of salt in case it doesn't happen. But no. No, there was a video that I saw of the Prince and Princess of Wales. It's on our stories, the Prince and Princess of Wales, out in Amman at the St. Regis. So it's confirmed that Will and Catherine will attend the royal wedding tomorrow as they were spotted at St. Regis Hotel in Amman today. And there's a video. So I think it's Amen. Amman. It's legit. So final one. Angela Kelly. Yeah. Oh, there's been so much stuff about Angela Kelly recently. Oh, pray tell. Do you, well, no, tell us who she is first. So she's uh, the personal dresser of Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and for two decades. Mm-hmm. And one of the, th- the, the things that came out about Angela Kelly is her attention to detail. Queen Elizabeth, where she liked things. Um, just knowing her after 20 years of being there but personal support and was very instrumental. Um, and, and one of the things that the Queen always said was her, her preference to duty and honour was, was always there. So that's that's what I have on Angela Kelly, but I feel you have more. Yes, yeah, so let me just make sure that this is the person I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, so um, Angela Kelly. So recently um, she's kind of been cut off by King Charles and kind of kicked out, but um, they, they've come to an agreement. Uh, so I think with the Queen's blessing, she could um, publish some books about her time with the Queen and stuff. Um, 
So she has, and she's put some, you know, just like informal photos of, of the queen and whatnot. And I haven't read any of the books or anything like that. Um, but I think Charles was concerned because she, she wants to release more books. And I read like he was particularly concerned about if like in her next book she could reveal there, there were rumors or un, unconfirmed I guess you'd say, yeah, rumors that the queen died from an illness rather than natural causes, as they've said. Um, so I think to protect the queen's legacy and just private moments, right, private moments of the queen, specifically one if she would to reveal intimate moments, you know, of her death or things like that, the, the king has basically kind of stopped stopped her from writing more books in an agreement to... Um, you know, she'll kind of keep quiet and then, but I think he is providing her with a, a home. Um, but yes, there, there's been quite a lot of scandal around there because I think, you know, at first it was like, King Charles has kicked her out and she's out in the cold. And then I was like, well, they've reconciled. But um, I, from my perspective, what I think, I think he's trying to keep her legacy private, you know, intimate details of her legacy private and things like that um again i haven't read any of the books that she's released so far but you know there there are some you know there's some not like nice pictures of the queen um but they're informal right like there's one where she's just kind of relaxing which is fine and stuff like that but um do you know how old angela Kelly is like ballpark she is maybe i, I would say she's sixes around King Charles is maybe a little younger than King Charles's age, um, but they, her and the Queen, did seem to have a very good relationship. Um, I, I mean, for the the Queen to give her blessing, but I think she also said, I don't know how it was confirmed that she had the Queen's blessing. If it was like um, the Queen told her this in private, or if there was people around, but Prince Harry has also kind of criticized Angela Kelly as well. Um, so I definitely think there might be some, you know, background drama with her. Well, I mean, it's... I, and I don't know, you know, no one can confirm that unless you're part of it, but she won't. She was born in 1957, so she's 65. Okay, I mean, look, she's retirement age, so... I mean, I'm, I'm, the only thing it says is, is what's Charles trying to protect? I mean, if you write a book of just the good moments of the Queen, call it good moments with the Queen. I don't think it would just be good moments, though. No, I know, but... Um, I mean, the one that I remember specifically, which I don't is know... Is he protecting his legacy or the Queen's? I don't know. I mean, it could be either, but the one I read specifically of why he could be stopping it is if she provided detail, intimate details of, like, the Queen's death or something like that. Because obviously... If if there was more behind her death, obviously they're not saying it for a reason. But also, it came from... Um, so Queen Elizabeth, um, when she was younger, who... There was also someone who wrote a book about her when she was younger. And I know she didn't give her her blessing. Was it like... It, it, it was in the Queen Elizabeth book I read. I can't, I can't remember who it was right now. But... Um, uh, it, it was like 
when she was younger is kind of like an equivalent of her her nanny, I guess sure. you would say. But she released a book, and, and that was seen as a major betrayal. Croffy. Croffy. That was her name. And it was seen as a major, major betrayal of the royal family, and, and they cut her off after that. So she wrote The Little Princesses. Um, but that was seen as a major betrayal, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe if she did get the blessing first, maybe it would have been better, maybe not, I don't know, but um, I don't know. I don't know why he is uh, kind of put a stop to it, but there's obviously something. Well, I, uh, as a little oh, surprise. What did you find? Um, I have bought you. The li- uh, what did you buy? Her book. Who? Uh, Angela's. Oh, I don't know if we're supposed to be buying this. Well, no, because then you can give a... Um, yeah. A, a, a we'll report back with our findings. <laughs> so it's called The Other Side of the Coin. Please tell me you don't have this. I do not. It's being delivered tomorrow. Um, and we'll put in the uh, the links on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it looks like she has two. She has the other side of the coin, um, the queen, the dresser, and the wardrobe. Um, I feel that's kind of like Beauty and the Beast. And then dressing the queen, the Jubilee wardrobe by Angela Kelly. So there's two, three, there's three books. The, the last one is Lady in Waiting, My Extraordinary Life of the Shadow of the Crown. By, oh, uh, maybe she was just come. Okay. Anyway, th- there's there's two definitive books that she's written, okay. so you'll have to let the um, yes everybody know how it is. So that's Angela Kelly. Um, the, the, so that's some very influential people. So let us know uh, what the, how the book is. Yes, I will. And one person I'm going to add, and and I think he's a more recent one, Jason Knopf. So he was the royal aide. He was a former royal aide. Um, and he's the one that kind of gave evidence against Meghan Markle with that whole thing. But he was also given an MBE by William, which we can talk about more because we're <laughs> going to get more into, I think, the current um, institution. Like, here's a promotion. Um, <laughs> you speak against Harry. Yeah, yeah. So he was the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's communication secretary joining in 2015. He was um, part of some of their legal cases and, and things like that. Um, but we can talk about it more next week. So next week we're going to talk more about the current teams. Yes. And private secretaries and just getting to... Because I don't think they get much light. Oh, yeah, no. So we'll They might not want No, light. but we're, we're going to do a, um, an Instagram reel on this as well. Yes. To accompany the podcast of these other um, the current stuff. So the last piece, and it's kind of an exciting piece, is have you ever thought about working for the royal family? Well, here's your opportunity, uh, and I will link these in the podcast description. Um, there are four available jobs, uh, and I'm going to highlight two of them. One is the head of visitor ops, and they have two openings here, one at Buckingham and one at Windsor, and they pay £60,000, so uh, approximately $72,000. Um, and you are managing large, diverse teams um, for what welcoming guests in both of those properties. So $72,000 or £60,000 if you're in the UK. Uh, and next one, um, which is uh, a hospitality team member. And this pays 
283 pounds and 68 pence. Wow, very specific. So the head of visitors ops was 60,000 pounds on the dot. And this goes to a two decimal place of 68 pence per annum. 15% paid into your, matched into your pension. Um, option to live within the residence, but then there would be salary adjustments. So that 25,000 is probably going to come down quite handsomely. All meals paid for. Oh. And 33 days holidays, including bank holidays. That's pretty good. A month and some change off. Wait, which position was this? This one is a hospitality team member. Oh, what does what does that mean? Um, I didn't write the job description in here, but basically welcoming like a greeter. A greeter. Nice. Um So yeah, you can apply for both of these roles. Um, Let us know if you get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'll put the link in there. So, again, part of the institution. You can be part of this institution if you apply for these roles. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. That's it. Um. So, yeah, let's all enjoy tomorrow the Prince and Princess of Wales at the Crown Prince of Jordan's wedding. It's 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 blowing up now. Okay. Well, we'll I know by the time we release this, I don't know. Might be over and done with but um yeah and that's it for the episode thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed the episode leave us five stars and a review and let us know your thoughts thank you